0: Ephesians chapter 1, try to work through a uh, uh, thought that I started pursuing. It was almost late when I finally finished up. and But you know, a lot of times we just rush through the uh, introduction to these books. Every one of them has an introduction almost except maybe Hebrews. But... Uh, that's something we want to get through the introduction and get to the meat. But the meat that I'm thinking of tonight, and it's on my heart, is is in the introduction. He said, Ephesians 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to good pleasure His will. Going to stop there, but first Paul introduces himself. And he said an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. First we have to understand that Paul was an Israelite. He was a Jew. Paul was a Jew and and he was, uh, I guess he'd call him a Jew of the Jews. He was a Pharisee. He was the one persecuting the church, but he met Christ one day. And he changed. So Paul the Pharisee became Paul the Apostle. And Paul the Apostle is directly had his hand in building the New Testament church. <coughs> but he said it was by the will of God. It wasn't what he decided to do. Paul was doing his job in the way that he saw fit to do it. But Christ intervened in his life and changed everything about him. And and Paul spent the rest of his life uh, in in a fervent pursuit of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and saving grace that that God has given us. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. What Paul is referring to here is that the church is a heavenly place or a place ordained by heaven, and that the church is, is one in mind and one in accord, that it's composed of those that have been saved and born again, and that. He can then call it a heavenly place or a place ordained of heaven and a place where there's to be true love for one another and everything fit together into one unit. But being that we're human beings, there's always a problem and we're the cause of it. Because He said, According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. Now that means that every Christian ought to be holy, including me. And uh, that's something that's uh, that's a work in itself, is to try to be holy. And and everything that we do, it's it's a constant struggle to try to be holy. And none of us truly make it uh, in this day and age. But he did say holy and without blame before him in love and then again we blame everybody Kate we blame every Christian on the block around here if we find a Christian we find trouble with him because we're human beings we haven't been perfected we our soul has been sealed and we have the Holy Spirit within us to direct our path but we should try to be blameless We should pray, we should study, we should work at being blameless before God. But the thought that I want to chase a little bit tonight is in verse 5. He said, having predestinated us. Now, before the beginning of the world or before the foundation of the world, God decided to make men and to have them uh, be saved Through the blood of Jesus Christ, have them to become part of His family, because He could see the future, and He knew the falling of man would happen. So He even saw Jesus crucified before the foundation of the world. Not only does He lives in a place where there's no time, He sees the past, present, and the future all at once and we, we don't understand it, but we just accept it. So he predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Now, it's obvious that there's two things Paul could be speaking about here. When he said the adoption of children by Jesus uh, Us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Now he's speaking one of the church, which I think that that's included, but I don't think it's the real pertinent part that I want to chase down. The adoption of children to us would mean that Paul was referring to himself as an Israelite. Now, an Israelite, the Israelites were the one to whom pertaineth the adoption. They were the ones that God pulled Abram out of uh, the land of Ur. And Abram the Hebrew, that particular land, or those people may have been called Hebrews, because people in other nations and other places were called by other names. So he pulled Abram the Hebrew and he separated him from all other peoples. And he brought a family into this world through Abram the Hebrew. They began to be called Jews, and then Jacob had his name changed to Israel. And so they were known from then on as the Israelites. So God predestined that there would be a family, or a people he called a church, a congregation, and that I don't want to go into personal predestination because some of that gets awfully confusing but it was predestined there'd be a church predestined there'd be an Israel predestined there would be Jesus to die on the cross so now the adoption of children I want to chase down just a little bit if if we if we look in Genesis if we start there in chapter 17. We get a we start to get a picture of, of the adoption. Chapter seventeen and, and verse eleven. Abraham Abram was ninety nine years old, and God told him in verse eleven, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between you and me. And that's, that's a, a separation from the rest of the world, a visible physical separation. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man, child in your generations, he that is born in the house, or bought with money of any stranger. This did not just include the Hebrews or the Jews. Uh, Abram circumcised, and we'll see how many that he did. Uh, He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people, he hath broken my covenant. Now we can, we can back up to chapter 14 and verse 12, but we'll start in verse uh, uh, well, I, I think we'll start in verse 13, and there came one that had escaped, and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, and brother of Aner, and these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house 318, and pursued them unto Dan. <clears throat> now that's... that's uh, That's a a whole bunch of people that weren't Jews. They were Abraham's trained servants. So if you look in 17 again in verse 23, And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that was born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the same day as God had said unto him. So that's Abraham and his little family. That's Abraham's 300 and something servants or more. And that's Ishmael. And those that, others that may have been born into his house, we don't know how many, but there was at least 300 and something that day. Now that's circumcision and making them into Hebrews. Now as Abram walked with God, that he didn't have a permanent dwelling place and he, he went wherever God told him to whatever part of the land God led him, then those people along with Abram, because they followed him and they became part of his household, they also trusted the same God that Abram did. So he had them circumcised. Now that's a whole bunch of them all at once. But now the blood of Christ came through Abram's blood and Abram's seed. So we, we have to understand that, of course, God followed the true lineage all the way down through history until his promise could be finished. But <clears throat> that's separation. Now, that's what happens when the church comes together. We're separated from the world. In fact, before I go any further, we'll just slip over into Deuteronomy. There's a pertinent verse there, chapter 30, verse 6. I'll read read all six verses. We, We can take a few minutes of time. And it shall come to pass, when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thine heart, with all thy soul that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And He will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. Well, who Paul said was a Jew? One circumcised in the heart. Not necessarily in the flesh, but in the heart. Amen. God circumcises our heart. He takes the heart of us once we surrender to Jesus and trust in Jesus, and He He takes the desires away from us for the sin of the world. And then we want to follow Him in His way. It's a very definite thing that He's written us and told us about. But He said, And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. Now, we can can jump one chapter over to Exodus. In uh, chapter 12, we can get another uh, instance of this. 12 verse 44. And the Lord, 43, and the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof the Passover. When the Lord came across the land of Egypt, and everybody or every family that was not sheltered behind the blood of the Lamb, which is a picture of the blood of Christ, everyone not hidden behind that, would lose their firstborn. So now they had a feast to observe it all the days of Israel in the Old Testament. So he said, uh, where was it now? And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. That was for God's people only. But every man's servant that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. Circumcision is all important. Whether it was circumcision of the flesh in the Old Testament, or circumcision of the heart in the New Testament. Amen. It, it was of utmost importance. He said, A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat thereof. But until they circumcised. Amen. It's, just, it's just God's way. And God's way shows that circumcision was a picture of separation from the world unto God. And that's how He circumcises the heart. And it's a picture of us having our hearts circumcised or by trusting in Jesus and what He did on the cross for us that He paid our sin debt, He circumcises our heart. And we become part of His. So the adoption pertaining to Israel, yes it did. We can go back to Ruth. We can see where Ruth... And, and I've used that several times, but I didn't go into this kind of depth, but Ruth was a Moabites She married... a uh, Uh, Naomi's son but he died so they were living in the land of the Moabites and uh, Ruth decided that she's going to go with Naomi back to her land she was going to become one of her people and was going to worship her God and then she became the grandmother of King David and she joined the house of Israel the house of the people that are circumcised. The house of the people that God used all through the 1,400 years to bring Jesus into this world. And then uh, Romans 8 and 15. I I hate to jump around, but there's so many references to this. And I, I just picked a few. I didn't mark them all. Some of them are easy to find. Some of them are not so easy to find. Romans 8 and 15. He said first in in verse 1, "There, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And then he said in verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh... Cannot please God. In other words, we walk after the flesh, we can't please God. But if we walk after the Spirit and and after the way of Jesus, we can please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Everything He's writing, He's explaining carefully. If the Spirit of God dwell in you, you're gonna walk after the flesh, after the (laughs) Spirit. And if you show the world you're walking after the Spirit by your life, then Jesus is in us. The Spirit of God dwells in us. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit of life is life because of righteousness. Now let me get to that verse that's all the way down in 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Now Paul is writing to the Romans, the Roman church, and he's telling them they've been adopted into the house of God through circumcision of the flesh, through the spirit that is coming within us. So he said uh, you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father. And we could go all the way back through the Old Testament and we can find places where the Israelites were separated or Abram the Hebrew was separated he, he brought a family into this world at 99 years old and that One of his descendants, Jacob, became the father of the twelve patriarchs, and that his name was changed to Israel. So they were known from that time on as Israel or Israelites. He said many times that which pertaineth to Israel are the fleshly part of Jacob. So Israel certainly was a nation. It was a nation separated from the world unto God, but not all within Israel had the circumcision of the heart also. Certainly didn't. You look at Eli's two sons. They were children of Balaam. They caused much, much trouble in the temple sacrifice. But they weren't circumcised in the heart. They, they had no faith in, Christ, in God that the Messiah would come. And then, then there's one that threw their children into the fires of Molech. They had no circumcision of the heart. They, they were, many of them were chasing after the gods of other nations. So even within the family of Jacob, who was called Israel, There was still a true, faithful Israel all down through time. There was a real, spiritual Israel all through time, even though many of them, in fact, it had gotten so bad that there was just a remnant left in some generations. Just a remnant left of them that followed God. And, And God at one time called them Sodom and Gomorrah. So we get down to Paul's time, and he said unto us the adoption of children, and and he's remembering all this that we just read. He's remembering, and and he had searched the Scriptures. In fact, he had said it to feed a Gamaliel. He had searched the Scriptures. He had found what he's preaching today, or in the Bible that we're reading today. In the time of history that we're reading today. So Paul understood when many didn't and even today many don't. That the the spiritual Israel is the ones that love God. The ones that are circumcised in the heart. The ones that are not just known by their name. Now Israel in that day would be like the church in this day. No different. You can go into any church anywhere and you can find those that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that by their life they're bearing fruit. By their life they're following God. But there's many that don't and yet their name is on the books. Nice. There's many that belong to the church and they never come into the church. Stay out for years and years. There's many that, that just profess Christ and we can look at them and say there's no way they possess Christ because their life never shows it. Israel was that way. Israel had a remnant generation by generation of those that truly trusted in the sacrifice of atonement. They truly believed that a Messiah would come and somehow, even in that day it was a mystery to them, but somehow he'd make it all right. And as they sacrificed that perfect lamb, a lamb that cost them dearly, and they sprinkled that blood on that altar, it was a picture of Jesus to come. And some of them believed that, but not all of them. They chased other gods. In fact, that's where the word adulterers come from when God called Israel adulterers. They were His people, and yet they were going to other gods cheating on Him, in other words. So they were committing adultery. Now we'll go to Galatians for just a minute. Galatians 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, Differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. And what he's saying, he's going to be Lord of all, but he isn't right now. He's a child. But is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. Amen. That we might receive the adoption of sons, to redeem them, to pay for their sin debt, and to uncover all those sins that were paid for by the sacrifice of atonement and to pay for all of them, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your, heart, to your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And who is he writing this to? Galatians. Gentiles people of another world than the Israelites. And, and that's what Paul did. That was his calling. He preached not only to the Jews, but his calling was to the Gentile nations of the world. And the Galatians was a church established among the Gentile people. So, how they become sons of God was that they heard Paul preaching and they trusted that Jesus died on the cross paying for their sin debt. And they believed on that and they, thus they were saved. And they, they received adoption into the family of God. family of God includes Israelites. It includes Gentiles. It includes every race, every creed, every barbarian, everybody on this whole earth that trusts in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the family of God. That's the church today. Well, that comes to to a major thing that people won't accept. Many won't. But Jesus told the Pharisees about the vineyard. Well, the vineyard of God is His people. The vineyard of God is His people that have much fruit in their lives. In other words, He used them as a vine because God prunes us. He, he, he prunes us, he prunes the bad, the, good, uh, uh, the bad out of us, so that the good can produce fruit Amen. or can show the world that we're Christians. And that's what he does to his vineyard. But he destroyed the husbandman, he destroyed Israel, the sacrifice, the temple, all those that rejected Jesus Christ. And by the time that happened, there were at least 10,000 Israelites living that day that trusted in Jesus Christ. He didn't destroy the vineyard, he destroyed the caretakers, the husbandmen. And he gave the vineyard new ones, new husbandmen. Well, who in the world could that be? The Apostles. And thus the ordinance of the church, the New Testament church come about. Well, Jesus used the phrase, He said, with the church in the wilderness, and Mo, with Moses. With Moses in the church, or with the church in the wilderness. A congregation of true believers. And that's what the church is today. Church is not anything special according to the world. But according to God the church is composed of all those that have been circumcised in the heart. Amen. That was all the way back in Deuteronomy, and a picture of it was given all through the history of Israel. Even the strangers, three hundred and ten warriors that Abraham had that were trained, even they became Israelites through circumcision. So, when Paul told the ones in Ephesians, he said, having predestinated us, I'm I'm, I'm believing that he's talking about us as not only the church, but us as Israelites, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. So that's the adoption. And that's where it came from. And it started way back yonder. In fact, Rahab was one of those. Ruth was one. And many others down through the uh, history of the Old Testament peoples. be a simple lesson today. If you have a comment, I'd be glad to hear it.